Welcome. You've made it to Tough Shit, a podcast that puts your first world problems into perspective. We are your hosts. I am Corey. I'm full. Hello, full. I'm so full. <laughs> That's the first thing he said. He walks over and he goes, I don't know. I'm probably going to have to pee or take a dump during this. This might be the most tolerable episode we've ever done just because I don't think I'm going to be screaming into the microphone because, like, I, I just told Corey I'm feeling very subdued. Oh, my God. He's so lethargic. This oh, is great. I feel not good. I yeah. peed twice in five minutes since I got here, but I think it's because there's so much in my stomach that's pushing against my bladder. That could be the case. It's actually appropriate that we're doing the show that we're doing today, and I'm eating. Mandy made me an omelet the size of a purse this morning, and then I just had a fishbowl of pasta right before I came over, and now I don't feel good. Oh, geez. Who would have thought? And I made tea, and I don't even think I can drink it now. <laughs> yeah, and you got your two waters sitting over there as well. I feel terrible. Uh, you look terrible. What do you mean I look terrible? You just look full and subdued. Your belly's sticking out of your shirt. I just, hey, I I just calls it like I sees it. So what are we doing today? Today's episode is cooking. That's our topic for the month. Um, Before we get into it, I would like to ask you guys to check us out on Instagram at TS Podcast Official. Uh, Leave us a review on Spotify or Apple. And time to e-bag even more. (laughs) Consider What is this? E-bagging. Is that a real term? You come up with that? No, God, no. That, I, oh, is that like everybody? That's an like people thing, that get yeah. on and do uh, yeah. uh, any like sponsored Kickstarters content. for oh anything, yeah, new shoes. Yeah, I don't know if that's a thing. I've never been on Kickstarter. Well, you should start one. Oh like, wait, maybe I did. Didn't we? All oh, that joking hazard game that was on Kickstarter, wasn't it? Did you get in in on that? I don't know. We have it. Oh, maybe you did. Either way. Oh, okay. Well, see, see, their e begging worked then. Mm-hmm. So maybe our e-begging will work. Too. Probably not. Anyway, <laughs> if you want to help us out directly, there's an anchor.fm link in our show notes. Uh, it helps us not do sponsored content. Shout out to Bree and Arlene, our only two supporters so far. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Uh, also, we are selling T-shirts through Studio4East.com. I was thinking about that. That actually does continue my streak of being supported only by women. <laughs> <laughs> He's your mama's boy. <laughs> Uh, oh, speaking of the T-shirts, uh, just please be patient with them. Uh, it's a smaller outfit, and they uh, what they usually do is wait until there's enough orders in place to do a printing of shirts and whatnot. So it'll be like a little surprise if you yeah. ordered something in a month from now. You're like, oh, I forgot I ordered this. Kind of like getting drunk and then ordering something on Amazon, and then you forget <laughs> about it, and then it shows up. Yeah. And just like, look at this. A case, Air fryer. A case of foxtail butt plug- plugs for Christopher. No, they just do them singles. <laughs> oh, do they? Uh, um, and actually the best way you can help us is just share the show it, it doesn't cost you anything tell friends uh share it with anyone who likes history and dumb fuckery to boot it might cost you social currency that depending will, on who you tell that's very true some of the most awkward stuff i will say since we started doing this and like trying to like tell people about it is like you go up and you're like hey do you like uh, you listen to any podcasts and if the first answer is no, you're like, oh, okay. And they're like, why? <laughs> you can gauge <laughs> somebody pretty quick. To, yeah, well, you I tell you, it is like it. it is like the last ten years version of asking somebody if you'll like read their blog. Pretty much. Yeah, it's very embarrassing. Much. I'm yeah. still and like it's the only thing that's holding me back from saying anything is our first few are a little rough. Yeah, but, they are. You, know, you get through them, and now look where we're at. I oh, know. I just yelled. Wow, that's that impressive. Feel a little better. Uh, that's good. Yeah, See? the show. I think I just needed shows to sit working down. it out of you. I hope not. I might need that butt plug. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, just share the show. We would appreciate that. Um, 
yeah, it's history, comedy, dumb fuckery. So that would be great. Uh, so anyway, back to it. Today's episode is on cooking. That is the topic for this month. Uh, per Webster's, cooking is the act of preparing food for eating, especially by heating. Oh, thank you, Corey. <laughs> the act of cooking food. Hey, some of our international listeners might need some help with English language. Oh, are you saying that people outside of you America fucking, are stupid? fucking ignorant cock. I feel like a stupid fat boy right now. <laughs> you fucking Do I look lum- like a stupid fat boy? Lummox. Oh, oh God. God. Yeah, this is great. Okay, so to get into the first world complaints of cooking, uh, let's see, the food can be overcooked or undercooked, Uh, nothing comes out as it should, you don't have enough ingredients for the meal, the store was out of the ingredients you needed, the people you cook for just inhale their meal and barely taste it, Christopher. Don't talk about Jenny. That's why we got that slow feeder bowl for her. You need, you need a slow oh, feeder. Oh, I know. <laughs> That's funny. I told Manny the same thing this morning. She made that steak omelet, the three-egg omelet. Yeah. And it was gone in half a minute. I know. And, she says, and I said, I need a slow feeder, like with little mountaintops throughout it. And then you we just totally split do. it up. And I could just get on the ground and eat it real slow. And maybe that's why I don't feel good right now. Your wife is is an amazing cook. She's an amazing cook. She cooks she really is. great meals. And every time we come over to eat, like she'll have everything all ready. And we start eating. And I look over and your plate's just empty. You've already inhaled it. Within... Maybe I'm just not eating because I want enough food for my guests. No, no. You have already eaten it. Like Mandy is a fantastic cook. Because in my house, in my house, my wife cooks me the food. I don't have time to you... cook. You, I you have, couldn't cook. To you should know. <laughs> you I've got to save this life. show to write. Uh-huh. I've got. You've had three weeks to write this show. Well, I've been playing a lot of Elden Ring. Oh, excuse which me. Which also takes a lot of food to oh, keep you me need going. Ener- yeah, you need energy. I beat a boss that last night that looked like a vagina. Oh, boy. Yeah, made out of a tree. What was it, Muff Monster? I don't remember. <laughs> Did you just have a boner the whole time? I'm not attracted to wood. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Mandy cooks really well. I don't fucking cook. I hate cooking. There's nothing, there's few things I hate as much. And I realize that this is like, I have lists like, don't, like, there's no reason anybody in my position like mine should complain about cooking. Like, I'm fucking, there's people starving to death that Mm -hmm. don't have food. And I'm throwing out avocados willy nilly and like Mm -hmm. tossing half a box of spinach because they didn't, because spinach goes bad in 11 minutes. It does. Yeah. Absolutely. And when you put it in a pan, it disappears. Mm-hmm. Just That's like cheap uh, cheap bacon. We don't get cheap bacon. I know. Uh, oh, one more thing. Uh, let's see the complaints. Like if you're cooking for special vegan or vegetarian diets, that can be difficult. Uh, you know, just cooking oh, for- Oh, I have some comments about that later. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, you mix up ingredients. Uh, yeah, those are some of the like first world issues with it because- Quite frankly, we're very lucky in that the amount of food that is available to everyone in the first world is And that we just waste. Insane. Oh, it could just, absolutely. I so. you know, I will say that like smaller portions, well, except for today. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, he's oh, going to belch. Um, he's going to belch all episode. I, I can see the logic behind smaller portions now. Mm-hmm. And I don't like I Oh, said, really? I, I after blessed. after a day like Any, today. No. <laughs> I hate, yeah, again, I hate cooking, but I like to eat. I like. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate somebody who can cook. Oh yeah, we went to a fancy dinner the other night. I told you about it. 
Yes. Really fancy place. It was very nice. And you kept getting the wrong drink. Yeah, so. and I asked this goddamn waitress for a uh, an old man winter, this southern tier beer, mm-hmm. and she brought me a shack top. Oh, and then you, when she came you back poor bastard. an hour later, <laughs> and I pointed at it, and I said, I would like an old man winter, please. And I don't know if she's got it in for me, but 10 minutes later, she brought me another shock top. Maybe she listens to the show. Well, that's why your tip wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dick. Uh, okay, so yeah, that's, um, yeah, I got for personal story, like, I'm not wild about cooking either, but I'll do it. Uh, and I will say I've definitely cooked more in the last few years, uh, but I just want to eat. That's probably why I was fat forever. Um, let's see. At, oh, a story I have associated with cooking, that's a first world kind of issue. Uh, at my old house, we had natural gas, which I don't care for. Everything gets way too hot, way too quick. But some people love it, whatever. Uh, but anyway, uh, we were trying to broil some bacon-wrapped steaks one night. And the bacon grease caught fire in the oven. And I had to pull out these two flaming slabs of bacon steak and try not to catch my kitchen on fire. It was quite the show. That's your horror story? Yeah, that's first world cooking problem, I'd say. I guess. I mean, they were filet mignons wrapped in bacon. So yeah, that's a pretty Go nice to a fucking co- restaurant. That's a you nice, cheap it, bastard. It's, I put it out and it still turned out all right. It was good. I think, oh, okay. Are you thinking of like my one attempt? Because for a little while there, I thought I'd get into baking when I was younger, like I was a kid. Uh-huh. And I tried to bake one cake. That's the one thing I can remember where I really fucked up cooking something. Because uh, I'm really good at cooking <clears throat> eggs. That's the only thing I'm good at cooking. Mm-hmm. But I tried to make a marble cake, you know, so it's like yeah. swirly. It was vanilla and chocolate. And I don't know what I didn't put in it, but it just turned into this white block with this thick dense black circle right in the middle <laughs> oh you forgot to mix it no i mixed it but it all like right in the, really yeah it looked like a like a dookie poopy japanese flag by the time i was done with it <laughs> and that was and i got so discouraged you gave up just, at age 10 yes that's it I'm yeah. done with cooking now i don't give up on things though okay that's fair enough yeah i i don't know i i don't mind it i just yeah i don't care for it but i'll do it like to cook it's gotten better is my my cooking um, quick statistic back in 2018, according to Bloomberg, 82% of Americans prepare their own meals at home, which is a substantial increase from the decade prior. Oh, that's disgusting. Oh, don't even fucking start. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking job of the hut over there. I feel terrible. Oh my God. Yeah, it's great. That's I a- love eating at home. Mandy does a very you nice job. You love eating in general. Yes. You'll, it's great. I'll, I'll talk anything. to you. You'll be on your way home from work and you'll call me because you need someone to talk to on the road. You're like, oh, I I'm, get so, scared. I'm so excited. I'm getting home and Mandy's making me this awesome chicken dish or whatever. And But I just had a bowl of chili at the shop before I left. Second lunch. Yeah. Like in your 45 minute ride home. It's Second like, breakfast. <laughs> you have seven I meals a day. Very quickly. That is true. I'll yes. give you that yes. one. Very efficient. Hot dogs come out the same way they go and in. Hot to- <laughs> 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 Big ugly. <laughs> I don't even I throw up hot dogs. Like I don't digest them. Like everything else comes out my backside. No. But hot dogs, for some reason, I digest and they just come back no, out. No, no, you have brown tubes that exit your body the same way they go in. <laughs> That's gross. Oh, fuck. I don't really have anything else for the top of the show. Okay. I have a that's, story that's longer than it needs to be. No, that's that's fine. That's fine. Um, as we discussed before the show, I get to go first. 
Good. Because you went first last episode. I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> I'll let you digest Please. for the next 15 minutes. Oh, I'm sure my I, – actually, I know my story shorter than yours per usual. Oh, fuck. But that's okay. All right. The table is set. The guests will be arriving in 15 minutes, and the only thing you have left to do is mash the potatoes. How hard could that be? You grab your masher and go to town, but you're appalled at the fact that you didn't boil the potatoes long enough, so you need to improvise. You grab your hand mixer and start chop-stabbing those spuds into submission. Potatoes are flying, and a glorious white starch paste is coming to fruition. But with a final push of the mixer, your hair gets tangled in the spinning blades, and now all hell breaks loose. You flail around slinging potatoes and chopped up hair all over your kitchen. You trip on the cat and take out the chicken casserole in the process. The main entree hits the floor with gusto, and you proceed to slip around in it until you ultimately pile up in a heap yourself. As you lay on the ground in a daze, you slowly open your eyes to see your dinner guests have arrived early. The night is officially ruined by your haphazard cooking skills, and all you can do now is lick your wounds and order everyone a pizza. But it's not all bad. At least you have a backup plan when one meal falls through. Unlike the poor souls in today's story. It's appropriate that you would start this talking about potatoes. Why is that? Oh, because I'm Irish. <laughs> oh. I, yeah. Everyone was, it was, uh, I, was it, I mean, I, I, instead of chicken casserole for the main dish, it was just going to be a bottle of Jameson, so. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking lasagna All right, vacuum. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Today we travel back in time to early 1920s Russia, where a deadly mix of revolution, civil war, disease, and a horrible drought threatened to bring the what was left of a haggard country to its knees. Wait, what year? It's 1920s. Okay. All right. Sorry. So it's specifically 21 and 22. Okay. I told you to avoid this entirely. Oh, I did. Okay, good. All right. The newly formed Soviet socialist government was busy trying to figure out the best way to run their new country from a central planning type of government. But we're starting to find out that they were really bad at it. And a bulk of the Russian people were still not too keen on the government taking their food and property, so things weren't really going too smooth for Lenin and his cronies. By the spring of 1921, a full-blown famine was declared across most most of the Russian nation with the worst of it being in the Volga River Valley. The situation was dire with a poor harvest the previous fall and the communist government having taken everyone's food the year before to feed their soldiers. All the fixings for supper that year were pretty much non-existent for the peasant class. Yeah. Yeah, okay. 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 Well, when you when you started talking about you said avoid Russia, like, well, we always avoid Russia, but like, yes, they have a history oh, of yeah. people starving constantly. Well, we'll get into this. Okay. Yeah. Okay, the people got hungry, and they got hungry fast. The poorest of the poor, and even some well-off Russians, began to come up with some creative meal prep ideas during this period of time. As some may say, invention is the mother of necessity. To that, these starving Russians said, fuck you, I'm hungry, and I'm going to eat damn near anything. Uh, First off is the obvious choice of eating whatever animals you could get your hands on. Cats, dogs, mice, and horses were a common fare among the starving. Another meal you might consider is sprouting river grass. One uh, sprouting river grass. One could cruise the icy cold, muddy banks of the Volga River, digging up and eating any grass, bulbs, and roots that became available after the first snowmelt. 
Perhaps that river grass isn't cutting it and you prefer some extra protein. With almost every single dwelling in the outlying villages being completely infested with parasitic bugs, a steady diet of vermin would be on the menu for you. Lice and fleas would make a quick and tasty snack for those craving some blood. Oh. Yeah. Ugh. It was fucking gross. Just be careful not to catch the typhus that was pretty much a guarantee with every flea bite. Typhus. The what do I was, yeah, what does that do to you? Uh, I was going to write that down, and I forgot to. Well, that's embarrassing. We'll have to look it up afterward. I, I always think of tuberculosis. No, it's not, not tuberculosis. tuberculosis. That's consumption. That's consumption, yes. yes. Okay, I'm sorry. No, Go it's ahead. typhus. It was a, um, I think, bacterial, but either way. Uh, but still not satisfied? One could always take the bones of whatever animals they found, usually dogs or horses, and grind them up into a thick paste and mixed with clay for the family to eat together. It truly was a culinary nightmare. I'm a bone marrow donor. Are you? Yeah, seriously. Oh, wow. I went and got the thing. So, oh. I mean, if they ever asked me to do it, I I mean, I guess you still have a choice. You, I guess I, <laughs> I you, do it. I've been it. a truck stop bone donor for years. What? <laughs> oh, a lot lizard. Yeah, at that glory hole. <laughs> All right. But things didn't get bad until you started to eat the thatched roof off your own house. An outsider could walk through any town and determine who had been starving the most by how much of their home's roof remained. Well, so, that's they're making all their houses out of gingerbread, so they kind of had it coming anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's like, what I heard. It's straw. It's thatch. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Aesop's fables sorry, over here. I like. There is nothing that I can relate to less than somebody being hungry <laughs> right now. Yeah. Yes. Oh, anytime. Uh, yeah, that's I true. Eat so much. I can't. I can't imagine starving. I literally can't. I don't think you could. Like, there are some things, like, horrible things that you I can at least kind of imagine. Like, I've hurt myself before. Not ever horribly, but I've been in pain, so mm-hmm. I can understand extreme pain. But I can't understand starving. Starving? Death. Can't get it. Well, that's a very... Fucks with your head. Yeah. All right. Uh, walk through a town, determine who has been starving the most by how much of their home's roof remained. Sometimes the starving would leave only one room still covered from the elements and huddle together to survive until spring. But it wasn't the eating of roof materials or the preparing of bone paste that made a person lose their human dignity. That didn't come until they made the decision to eat the most forbidden of fruit, that being the flesh of humans. Is this a cannibalism story? Yeah. Woo! I got one too! I, you're doing cannibalism? Yes. I fucking it's, knew it. But it's very recent. You had to know that was going to happen anyway. At okay, some point, That's yeah. great. No, that means we can talk about it together. Okay, great. All right. Now I'm awake. All right. Cannibalism ran rampant throughout the newly formed Russia. Uh, peasants were beyond starving, and the next logical step they could make was the eating of human flesh. As with most famines, the amount of bodies that were strewn about was staggering. Thousands of people were starving to death daily, and the local morgues and cemeteries couldn't keep up. Opportunistic cannibals would rob dead bodies from fresh grave sites or the local freezers where they were stacked like cordwood. These body snatchers then proceeded to haul them home and create some Satan-approved culinary concoctions. Uh, one report tells of a mother, daughter, and a third woman who procured the corpse of two, corpses of two children and proceeded to chop them up boil and eat them in one sitting. I'm going to note here quick that boiling meat, human or animal, 
was a pretty common meal prep at the time. Yeah, especially for you Irish. You always like boiled dinner, didn't you? <sighs> no, this was due to the fact that most people at the time had lost their teeth from scurvy. All right, I feel bad. Yeah, they didn't have enough vitamin C. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Didn't have fucking food. Um, once having a taste for the good stuff, uh, the trio upped the ante and went on to kill two grown adults and eat them as well. But just like the leftovers at Thanksgiving eventually run out, in a short amount of time, the trio found themselves hungry again, and before you knew it, that trio became a duo, with the mother and daughter killing the third woman and creating a meal out of her corpse. That's like uh, like like, like uh, groups of untrustworthy people who get together to rob a bank, like, nope. and then you like stick them up at the end, and then they uh-huh. like get all the money, and the three of them are out there, and then they turn and they're like, "Man, eh, uh-huh. give it here, Mick, or whatever his <laughs> name was," and then they take the money, and then they leave him, yeah, or yeah. they shoot him, and then they eat him. Uh, yeah, no honor amongst cannibals, right? Right. Yes. <laughs> you are all excited. I am. This I feel uh, like you talking about this has given me permission that I didn't feel like I had to talk about mine. <laughs> well, you get to talk about it in a minute. So shut the fuck. Okay. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Turn the thing off. Just make a scene. <laughs> All right. Now, not every cannibal would turn into murderers looking for the freshest of meats. Most were body snatchers acting on pure starvation instinct. Take, for example, the case of Piotr Mushin, uh, who stole the body of a seven-year-old boy from the local morgue and hauled it home for his family to share. The man dressed out the body of the child and boiled it to temperature. Once the meat was cooked, Piotr woke up his three children and they sat down to eat uh, eat the meat in one evening. Eventually, authorities caught wind of this and they arrested the family. Uh, with little remorse during questioning, Piotr stated that he had <clears throat> he had no need to kill anyone because there was so many bodies lying about anyway uh, that it would be foolish to commit the crime of murder as well. Uh, Piotr and his family were sent off to a forced labor camp for their crimes of cannibalism. While on the journey to the prison, the police had some some of the human flesh as evidence of the case, and the still-starving family went on to steal the evidence meat and eat it on the train ride. That's fucked. But uh, you can't put yourself in that position. No. You know? Like, it's it's so weird to... Like, like it, even, it, you can't it even fucks with how f- your brain works. Oh, yeah. Like, you go into survival mode, there's no... Morality kind of morality, like the yeah, the the question of morality disappears. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah dignity's just out the window. Mm-hmm. All right, as the reports of cannibalism continued continued to grow throughout Russia, another issue tied to it began to spread as well. That being the black market sale of human body parts, it was usually these reports of cadaver meats, uh, cadaver meat sales, that would finally prompt law enforcement to take action and apprehend those involved. But to be completely honest, it seemed that the police didn't really do a whole lot to curb these activities, unless it was a very blatant or horrendous case involving cannibalism or meat sales. Uh, The cops even knew that the people who were partaking in these activities were just in straight-up survival mode and didn't give a fuck about the law anyway. You take everybody's food, you're you're, you're making cannibals. Yeah. What are you going to do? No doubt. But uh, So even after psych evaluations... Uh, these criminals were found to still be of rational mind, but were just doing what they had to do to live. Uh, they weren't technically criminally insane, so they were just fucking hungry. They're just being people in a, <clears throat> yeah. in a dire situation, yep. obviously. Yes. So by the summer of 1921, with the mounting pressure of a starving nation threatening the image of his communist dreams and the world getting wind of Russians eating each other, 
Vladimir Lenin finally caved and essentially begged the U.S. and other European nations to help save Soviet Russia from the brink of a famine-induced collapse. The Soviets eventually allowed the ARA, which is the American Relief Association, and other charities to swoop in and help rescue the country from its imminent doom. Within two years, the filthy capitalist pigs from the U.S. and other European countries helped feed over 11 million starving Russians. Uh, taking on the lion's share of bailing out Russia, under the guidance of 200-plus Americans, the ARA alone would go on to import over 700 million tons of food, medical supplies, and sundries to the famished nation. They helped employ over 100,000 Russians, opened over 20,000 kitchens, and got 15,000 hospitals restored, all over an area of a million square miles. To this day, it is one of the largest humanitarian missions in modern history that helped to save an entire nation from catastrophe. But a few years later, it only took Joseph Stalin a very short amount of time to wipe all evidence that foreign capitalists had bailed out his country from Russia's history books. Because he was a fucking no, piece you know what I'm thinking. He was a fucking huge piece of shit. Yeah. Oh my god. So uh, next time you burn that grilled cheese or your famous lasagna falls flat at your dinner party, just be grateful that you didn't have to flay and boil your neighbor's body just so you and your family could eat something. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. When you said Russia, because <clears throat> actually I avoided Russia entirely. I for when we decided to do a cook, uh, cooking show, I'm like, well, obviously you're gonna do cannibalism because it's like the hunting one where you had to do like hunting people. At least the first yeah. episode. My first thought was a siege of Stalingrad. Which oh is yeah. An absolute. I mean, yeah. That's I just that's a fucking horror show. Oh my god. And that's like not something that's always. Well, in the 30s, yeah, Russia pretty much uh, did the Stalin did the same thing to Ukraine. Had a massive uh, famine like induced there. Yeah, you starved people out. That was siege mentality. Mm -hmm. It was thousands of years ago and it is still like you starve people out. Mm -hmm. That's the whole idea of a fucking siege. Oh yeah, it's it was, terrifying. Oh, and you was, don't know like I can say right now like I'd eat you. If I had to, I'd be all doughy. You wouldn't yeah. get much out good of me. Good marbling. Well, I'd have some good, <laughs> <laughs> good marbling. <laughs> you don't know what you. For people that are like, oh, that's so fucked up. That's so gross. You don't know what you do. No. And if you were, unless you were, until you were put in a situation where like that was it. Like, and most people in the modern world are never have to experience it no. in the first world. And they take it for granted. That's the whole point of this fucking show. So. I have to bring <clears throat> string cheeses with me to work, so I have something to, to hold you over meals. Yeah, I know. I barely survive on three meals a day. I yeah, I know. Look at you withering away to nothing. Oh, I don't feel good. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, yeah, that was the uh, the story. Uh, the book I read uh, to get most of my information was called "The Russian Job: The Forgotten Story of How America Saved the Soviet Union from Ruin" by Douglas Smith. Uh, the book was really good. Uh, it was primarily about the actual humanitarian mission of feeding a country, uh, but it did have a lot of info on the cannibalism and horrible food options people had at the time, and it had just all. It's got a lot of horrible imagery in it. So researching this was, I mean, famine is fucking horrible. I mean, if you ever want to get down like in a bad state of mind, research a famine. It's fucking. Oh uh, yeah, it's Christmas horrible. episode. I spent a bunch of time reading about the potato famine. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's horrible. It's disgusting. Yeah. And then, like, especially a famine that is put that is 
engineered by like I mean that was essentially engineered by England. England, they yeah. Starved and murdered millions of mm-hmm. fucking people. Um, and the, yeah, so it's no wonder they're so resentful. But yeah, it's uh, uh, actually I'm glad that um, it's nice that you actually took a. I guess that's kind of a positive approach. I mean, you could go straight horror. Oh, you could have. Well, but, it, that was one of the things they when they were first starting to report about this too. Uh, they didn't want to sensationalize the cannibalism in the West. Like they were saying, like Russia's has it really bad right now, and they genuinely need help. And that's when like these humanitarian missions were genuinely just helping them. They weren't out like pushing propaganda. I mean, they fucking yeah. fed 11 million people. Because, I mean, I gotta imagine that with this like in the 20s, like if mm-hmm. you went and told a bunch of swingers, and yeah. I don't mean like people at key parties, swing I mean, dancing, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. that, like. These Russians are just because the image that comes to mind is just these Russian monsters mm-hmm. that are just tearing people apart and yeah. eating them and they're covered in blood. No, yeah, they probably they... been like, "Fuck that." Yeah, exactly. No, it was uh, it was just a horrible situation. And I will say, like reading this, the the guy who wrote this does a lot of books about Russia. He's very very educated dude. Um, but just reading this, I feel that like if Lenin had lived longer. And Stalin never took over the relationship between the West and the Soviet Union. It could have changed history. Absolutely, because yeah. Lenin was actually pretty grateful for everything when it was said and done. Um, and relations between the U.S. and Russia were uh, they were strengthened after this, obviously. Mm-hmm. But then Lenin died within a few years. Like I think two years after this, he died, and Stalin took over, and, and we had down came the guy curtain. that was just as bad as Hitler. Oh, he was worse than Hitler. He, he killed awful. way more. But, but uh, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ! But yeah, that's my story. It was fucking horrible, and just amazing that that type of stuff goes on. But yeah, so that was that. Well, I have a really pretty fucking positive cannibalism story. Oh, great! How do you have a positive cannibalism? Well, we'll get story. into it. All right, um, and it's uh, <laughs> it's longer than it needs to be because. You I thought I weeks. thought it was kind of like a short, quick story, and then so I added a whole bunch of like exposition and other things to put some context in. And then it ended up way too long, so we'll see if I can. Per usual, it. yeah. Okay. So this one's called. Let me get my thing right here. How's that? Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you, you hear me? You can you good. hear me? Yeah. Um, this one's called "Open Mouth, Insert Foot," <laughs> and it's also the most recent story I've ever done. I think for this, for like a regular show, it's almost a soft serve because it's kind of positive. So. Anyway, <laughs> let's see how Chris makes cannibalism positive. I will hold to that statement. Okay. So here it goes. A couple of decades ago, at the prime of our teen years, while our peers were devoting weekends to cramming for finals, regents, PSATs, SATs, etc., mm-hmm. uh, like a bunch of fucking saps, myself, Corey, and our band of merry misfits wisely spent the majority of our weekends in what can only be described as a thick keystone haze. Am I right? Oh, yeah. And each Sunday morning, we crawl out from that haze and end up at the same diner for breakfast <clears throat> that we could barely afford or maybe just not pay for at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and I think you remember what restaurant it was? Oh, yeah. The Mason Jar. Yes. <clears throat> Why they tolerated us, I'll never know. Why do I bring this up? Because in my head, it's relevant. See, when one entered the Mason Jar, you'll remember this, they were met with a standard chalkboard greeting. That is the status quo of the local diner. You know the one. Oh, yeah. The one that we changed often. It says, please seat yourself. Yep. So, of course, we had a friend with us who each Sunday delighted in casually erasing the S from seat while we not so quietly waited for our table. In doing so, each patron that followed us in, until somebody without a sense of humor changed it, uh, would be greeted by a chalkboard sign asking them to please eat yourself. (laughs) 
we would also get rid of seat, so it would just say, please yourself. Yeah, so I, our hope was always that there would just be a bunch of masturbating, right. like, churchgoers, like, eating each other. Uh, but, uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, and to make it even better, this was usually the morning church crowd that would follow yeah, us. Yeah, usually set. Sundays, yeah. To our endless disappointment, no one ever actually followed through with this request, at least as far as I'm aware. But as we'll learn today, just because the local Catholic prudes didn't have a taste for adventure, even though technically communion is weekly ritualistic simulated cannibalism, that doesn't mean that someone out there, you think about it, yeah, uh, that doesn't mean that someone out there wasn't curious enough to follow through on the question that I'm sure we've all thought aloud at least once or twice. That question, of course, being... I wonder how I'd taste if I cooked myself into a taco. Ugh. No. Like you said, the marbling earlier, I'd probably taste horrible. Mm. Well, either way. <laughs> uh, and though most of us would never actually have the guts to follow through on this question, simply following it away with other whoops, other fun hypotheticals to ask your friends, you know the ones like, do we need the pinky toe? What if we just annex Canada? Or could I really kill a man? Wow. Uh, shit like that. <laughs> you know, we've had these conversations. Well, we would have those awkward games like uh, on road trips, how much to bang. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was horrible. Everybody was always half a million except for one, <laughs> one, one guy friend who would just bang everything. Truck like, I don't know. I guess a pickle, ten dollars, <laughs> fifty bucks. Like, <laughs> but yeah, you know, like the yeah. hypothetical questions. Oh yeah. Okay, well, I'm here to tell you that one brave soul and ten of his close friends didn't just ask, they followed through. Oh, boy. On the the taco thing, that is. Okay. They didn't all cut off their toes and invade Canada. Though, from what I know about Canada, 11 stumbling Americans with eight toes apiece would probably have pretty good odds. Yeah. (laughs) Do we have Canadian listeners? We do. Okay, sorry. Uh, No, this brave man and his buddies took what most of us would see as a tragedy and turned it around and made it into a meal. As they say, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Then keep that lemonade at hand to wash down this other age-old adage. When life crushes your foot in a horrible motorcycle accident, cook your foot into tacos and feed them to your friends. And that's just what this brave boy did. Wow. Who is this brave soul? This pioneer of the culinary world? I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he decided to remain anonymous. And I can't really blame him. What with worrying about keeping his job and all. We do, however, have his Reddit Username. <clears throat> Did you verify any of this yes. story? Okay. Yes. I even, <laughs> since, I, I, since you said Reddit, I'm I like, know, oh, well, fuck me. Actually, and this is not going to make it seem any more valid, but there are photos and a bunch of interviews. Oh, so. okay. His uh, Reddit username is incredibly shiny shart. <laughs> shiny shart. <laughs> Real. Yes. <laughs> and yes. Real Renaissance man. <laughs> I'm aware that a name like that may call into the question like the validity of shiny shirt story mm-hmm. but between multiple articles interviews and photos he did document this uh seems to be a very legit tale and i haven't made, if i haven't made it clear enough yet what that tale is this man kept his amputated foot in his freezer before marinating the meat sauteing it with some onions and peppers then serving it up to 10 of his friends in the form of some very tastefully plated tacos mm. now before we get into the meat of this story, some of you may be wondering, are you even allowed to eat yourself? I don't think. Mm, well, you're in for a treat. Or even, like, can you eat someone else for that matter? That I don't think for sure. Okay. Okay. So, as an appetizer to this unorthodox meal, let's get into the hazy world of legal cannibalism. Oh, boy. Before stumbling across this story, the question of whether or not cannibalism was legal had never crossed my mind. 
the question of if I personally could eat another person had, of course, come up. Oh, and yeah. Just like with mushrooms, I guess it would depend on how they were cooked. But either way, technically, in the U.S. at least, there's no law in the book saying that one cannot consume human flesh, except in Idaho. Uh, you can't eat yourself there. But okay. I'm convinced that that's only from aggressive lobbying on the part of the potato industry. <laughs> beyond, <laughs> beyond that, though, no one's telling us that we can't eat our buddies. It's how you eat your buddy that can get you into some hot water. We'll get <laughs> got to boil them. No teeth. We'll get, gum them up. <laughs> Yak it up for a minute. I need to sip some of the seltzer. Okay. How is it? Is it good? Yeah. Fill that belly back up. Oh, get that get that fuel gauge back up to. I'm drying out. Okay. So yeah, it's it's more how you eat them. Okay. Uh, We'll get into exactly how Shiny Shart and his friends ate a human foot the right way here shortly. <clears throat> but first, how not to eat someone, at least in the eyes of the law. Pretty much there's one big rule in way of like, all the fun. Mm-hmm. Don't murder anyone. Yeah, That's a big one. Which kind of makes the whole cannibalism is legal thing a little hypocritical. Uh, it's kind of like how like <laughs> we can legally set off fireworks here in New York, but we have to drive to Pennsylvania to buy them. I, I think there's still even gray area to that. Okay. Like they'll take them from you. Really? Oh yeah, but around here, like uh, most of the cops don't give a. They fuck. don't give a fuck. They're drunk. They're doing it fireworks. too. Yeah, <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah, I think we've had cops at our party lighting off fireworks. <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta work around it. Like, but it, it doesn't matter. Like once you get it, excuse me. Either way, like once you've got your nom noms, you can go hog wild. You just have to be a little clever about how you procure them. Again, murder is a no no, even consensual murder consensual murder yes you heard me correctly it's real and it's very uncomfortable to read about now over the course of this show up until now i feel as though i've made it very clear that and i believe that Corey's on the same page as me mm. and say if you're not uh that anyone anywhere should be left alone to do as they wish with whomever they want as long as whatever that is it is consensual and they're not hurting anyone against their will all day long yes however that being said, I'm a little on the fence when it comes to consensual murder cannibalism. <laughs> <laughs> kind of changes things, huh? Yeah. And uh, to those of you saying, wait, that's not a thing, I say to you, yes, it is a thing. Everything is a thing. There is no thing that is not a thing to someone somewhere. Thinking, <laughs> Think of a thing right now that you think no one anywhere would ever dream of doing, and I guarantee that someone somewhere is doing that thing right now, and they're probably having a pretty great time doing it. Perhaps, yeah. Okay. So, yes, on more than one occasion, a consenting adult has agreed to be murdered by another party who would then eat that consenting adult for dinner. Think of it as a murder-suicide pact, except in this case, after the murder, the guy on the suicide end of things gets cold feet and a little hungry at the same time. And you get the idea. (laughs) But, consensual or not, in most parts of the world, murder is still very, very very illegal. For an example... Look no further than the strange and admittedly extremely disturbing case of Detlaf Gunzel and Wojciech uh, Stempingwicz. Mm-hmm. I guess it's Polish. But <clears throat> now, knowing that tough shit is not an out-and-out horror show, I'm going to spare you all like the bloody details. Yeah. So anybody interested in the story can look it up online. Yeah. And we'll just stick to the basics. <clears throat> Detlef Gunzel was handed down a surprisingly lax sentence in 2015 for the November 2013 murder of Wojciech Stempniewicz. After allegedly strangling Stempniewicz to death, Gunzel dismembered the body, ate some of his victim, and then buried the rest. Gunzel further condemned himself by filming the entire process, the tape of which was recovered by the police. 
What made the subsequent trial so complicated was the fact that Gunzel claimed and evidence supported that Stempen, uh, Stempniewicz. Just say the other guy. Stemp, Stumpy. <laughs> the, the murder. The Polish guy. Yeah. Wanted to be eaten. This is just. <laughs> this this is, is in Poland. This was in Germany. This was in Germany. Okay. So uh, this is just one hard to swallow example of several cases of consensual cannibalism. Now, granted, this isn't an American case, but a German one. Mm -hmm. Um, And on top of that, a case that is further compounded by the fact that the victim was Polish. And if you haven't heard this story, don't be surprised. The fact that that most Germans have at least thought about eating a Polish person is something they like to keep hush-hush. But regardless... The lesson here is that, yes, you can join public forums on cannibal fetish websites to anonymously meet other vores, shorthand for vorarophilia, the term used to describe someone who's sexually aroused by the idea of consuming or being consumed by another person. It's a real thing. That's fucked. I know. But that doesn't mean that you should follow through on that Yeah, yeah. from these sites. It's better to just use your imagination, Mm -hmm. uh, as vorarophilia is one finish that can escalate pretty quickly. Uh, of course, if your heart is <laughs> there's no safe word. Someone's no, eating no, like that's like, it. Party's like, over. This is like S and M guys and gals get a little like. I'm Bleh. sure. Yeah, if, if you're on a forum about eating people, I can't imagine it's you're all there. But you remember that the I end of was it Fifty Shades Darker when he ate that fucking woman? I didn't watch any of those. Me either. Uh, <laughs> I didn't watch them. I read all the books. <laughs> it's lady porn. It uh, is, yeah. Of course, if your heart is really set on getting a taste of that forbidden meat and you don't have the stones for murder, another alternative is just somebody part or oh, is just to buy some body parts online and go nuts. Even though the National Organ Transplant Act of 1984 rained on everyone's parade and made it illegal to buy and sell organs for transplant, a Reuters expose in 2017 found that it was shockingly easy to buy organs and body parts as long as they were only to be used for educational and research purposes. This is real. <clears throat> An excerpt from... I could see that, like science. You know, you hear about people like donating their body for science. Yeah, body farms. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll remember the story. We talked about it in the funerals, I think. Yeah, the funerals. Yeah, those guys would buy body parts. Yeah. They would sell, yeah, they would sell cadaver parts, absolutely. You still can. Um, but an excerpt from the Reuters report says, quote, in most states... Like now, uh, anyone can legally purchase body parts. But as with most novelty meals, you're going to pay a premium. Mm-hmm. A follow-up to the Reuters report had some real-world examples of what you'd need to cough up for some choice cuts in 2018. According to the report, one gentleman was asking for $200 for just an elbow, mm-hmm. putting the human elbow in about the same price bracket as an illegal songbird but with less meat. Looking to host some friends with a little more substantial appetites? Mm-hmm. Maybe an entire human arm, including the elbow, would fill everybody's tummies. Just know that that'll set you back somewhere in the area of $600. If you're thinking that all of this sounds a little shady, in addition to virtually unaffordable for the common man, you're absolutely right. So, what other options are available to the aspiring cannibal on a budget? One more choice. Actually, probably more than one more choice, but this is the last option we're going to talk about. Okay. And that choice finally brings us back to the hostess of the mostest our slightly disturbed friend, Shiny Shark. Mr. Shark. Mr. Shark. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> just like any other overpriced food, the, for regular folk to get in on the action sometime, sometimes takes a little ingenuity. Can't afford the sea bass? Take up fishing. Uh, trying to shop organic without the salary of a divorce lawyer but just can't swing it? 
Go hunting. Start your own garden. Well, I was going to start, start your own garden. <laughs> I guess you could hunt. Yeah. Um, Fuck yeah. I got a freezer full of meat. <laughs> or let's say you're super fucking turned on by the thought of consuming the charred flesh of a human being, but manning the register at a Wawa has a little short, you're a little short on cash. Simple. Just turn that do it yourself attitude into an eat yourself attitude. <laughs> you want to eat local? You are the most local food available. So dig in. And there's no better example that I've found of just this than Mr. Shart himself. And to simplify... Is he American? <laughs> yes. Now, you said Wawa. Is he from Pennsylvania? No. Okay. I just was thinking of a Wawa. Okay. Uh, uh, to simplify this a little bit and maybe add some humanity, I'm going to call incredibly shiny Shart Dan. That's not his real name, but okay. it's just easier. Uh, I still like Mr. Shart. <laughs> so I can get why this guy doesn't want his real name getting out, but I feel like Dan at least, like, Makes him sound like a human being and not a 14-year-old that just teabagged you on Halo. So about six years ago now, Dan got into a pretty goddamn nasty motorcycle accident. While out for a ride along a road winding through an undisclosed forest, Dan was struck by a car. The hit launched him from his bike and sent him flying airborne from the road and through these trees, like mm -hmm. real close trees. Dan, definitely a half uh, glass half full kind of guy, recalled afterward how lucky he was to have missed all but one of the tightly packed trees making up the woods along the side of the road. Unfortunately, the one tree that he did connect with smashed his left foot and lower calf into an unrecognizable mush. Miraculously, motorcycle wrecks are horrible. Fuck, man. Yeah. Miraculously, uh, Dan sustained very little other injuries, but he had to be rushed to a hospital for emergency surgery. His foot, about in about half of his calf, was going to be amputated yep when asked if he wished to proceed with the surgery to remove his foot dan only asked quote can i keep it hmm turns out yes dan could keep his severed foot and he did thanks to some religious loophole that accommodates patients who wish to be buried oh, whole upon yeah. death yes amputated body parts are free to return home with those to which they were once attached so, after some time recovering at home, Dan's mom, who does not know the rest of the story, apparently, uh, <laughs> drove him back to the hospital. So to proud of my son. <laughs> mom, can you help me? I need a ride to go pick up my foot. But she did. She drove him back to the hospital to pick up his foot, which mm -hmm. was handed over to him in a red bio-waste bag. Once home, all that was left to do was figure out what to do with it. Yeah. A few friends of Dan's came over to brainstorm, uh, during which time... <clears throat> Oh, these guys are fucking awesome. Uh, during which time they took the foot out of the bag. According to Dan, the foot was, quote, so gross, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's totally like this fucking like surfer I, dude. Yeah. But yeah. Like, I see a bunch of Reddit guys just hanging out yeah. Yeah, being pumped about the, the prospect of eating one's foot. This is awesome. Uh, though apparently they got over the ick factor pretty quickly as it wasn't long. <clears throat> and I, this, I almost feel this would be our reaction. It wasn't long after cleaning the iodine and the blood off before these few pals were all giggles in the kitchen, tossing the foot back and forth to one another, <laughs> just having a gay old time. <laughs> after settling down, Dan called around to some local taxidermists, uh, but was disappointed when none of them would take him seriously. Shocking. Mm -hmm. uh, the next thought was to have the thing freeze-dried. But the sticker shock steered him away from that avenue, too. $1,200 or two full arms with shoulders, if that's easier for you oh, to Oh, yeah, understand. get a deal on some <laughs> severed arms laying about. Finally, Dan decided to cast his foot into plaster and use it as a doorstop. Uh, <laughs> and naturally, 
Also do a quick 3D rendering so he could get some keychains made for his close friends. Come on. Seriously. Wow. Uh, one he's of the, just all the things. He's is, all the internet things. It's him and so his fucking pails. cool. Just, yeah. Uh, one of these friends. <laughs> uh, one of these friends had a daughter who was less than squeamish, and she helped Dan do a plaster cast before the appendage got too ripe. Uh, with that done, next up was the disposal. <clears throat> a tasteful cremation with Dan's foot and shin appropriately laid in a shoebox with a spattering of flowers. But before Dan's foot took that final step, things got a little weird. <sighs> If you haven't picked it up by now, Dan's a pretty fucking cool guy. Yeah, <laughs> so pretty like, cool. <laughs> so like, so like any other cool guy, Dan took a knife and carved some of himself off of his shin and foot, wrapped it up, and put it in the freezer. Now, before any of you get too grossed out by this or write Dan off as just some weirdo, take a minute and consider how you would react to a traumatic, life-altering freak accident that left you with only one leg. Would you give up? Would your life be over? Would you admit defeat? Ha! Or. Thank you. That's a good That's you. a good dad joke. Okay. <laughs> uh, or would you cast your foot into a doorstop and have your friends over for tacos stuffed with your own shin meat? Like I said, Dan's a glass half full kind of guy. Hey, give him that. So I, I give him that. Just what he did. <laughs> so apparently Dan and his crew had brought up the hypothetical question. Would you eat human meat if you were ever given an ethical opportunity to do so before? Uh, and most of them agreed that they would, probably never dreaming that they'd ever have to follow through. Dan, he just couldn't pass up an opportunity like this. And what better closure than actually consuming your trauma? So the calls went out, and in the end, 10 of Dan's friends were on board for a free meal. One friend had a boyfriend who, luckily for the crew, was a very open-minded chef. He requested the nummy goodies be dropped off at his house and that the dinner guests bring their appetites the following day. The cuts of Dan were marinated overnight, and the following evening were sautéed with onions, peppers, salt, and lime juice. Dan then served himself up to his friends on corn tortillas with a nice tomatillo sauce. Tomatillo? Tomatillo sauce. I don't know. That's it. I'm right. Uh, All that was left was to dig in. Dan recalls, quote, There was this queasy anticipation. We all looked at each other and were like, We're doing this, right? We're doing this. And to Dan's delight, they did. The meal meal from there sounds like it was pretty jovial. Dan letting everyone know that he was thrilled to finally be inside 10 of his friends all at once. (laughs) That's not my joke. That is a quote from him. I'm sure, yeah. Uh, Given given what you've laid out about this gentleman... I could see. I him. thought that was great. Uh-huh. Uh, as far as how the foot tasted, most diners agreed that it was more beefy than anything else, and everyone seemed to enjoy it. Uh, well, almost everyone. Dan recalled later that quote, "One friend had to spit me into a napkin." <laughs> well, I mean, the, just the idea alone exactly. would fucking turn you off. Like if I served it to you and didn't tell didn't me, didn't tell you, then you probably wouldn't care. No, no. And that was it. The, like. Pretty much, the meal was done. Uh, a day later, a friend of Dan's called to apologize for pooping him out. And, <laughs> and it's safe to say that within the next day or so, the rest of Dan's foot had also been evacuated from his buddy's bellies. But what remained was probably the best dinner conversation that anyone has ever had. <clears throat> After the dinner, Dan felt real closure. Like this was now a part of his life that he could move on from. Mm-hmm. And to close this out... <clears throat> I encourage anyone listening to read the Vice interview that Dan did, and I know I get down on Vice a lot because a lot of that's just a little too mad. <laughs> yeah. 
it was so they, really good. They'll get some neat stories once yes. in a while. Yeah. So I actually, that was most of the source. There's several articles, but most of the source uh, for this came from this interview um, that Vice did. It was really good. It was interesting. And they have a lot of photos. Um, yeah. So, yeah, check it out. It's really cool. Uh, his attitude, mm. uh, his approach to what would probably be like, it would break a lot of other people. It's kind of inspiring. Um, yeah, he was on the up and up at least. Yeah, it man. Sounds like, like really, like he goes, like I'm not gonna get in. It's long, but he goes on about how lucky he was that it was only his foot that took the hit. Oh yeah, like how happy he was to still be alive. How lucky he was to be found in the trees. Mm-hmm. And, of course, how lucky he is to have friends that were there to help him through it all, albeit in a very unconventional yeah, way. Yeah, eating him. Yeah. Like, the fucking girl that found him, she was a bit, like early high school girl out for a walk. Really? Who had just that, like, I think that weekend, taken a first aid course. Oh, really? Found him Tourniqueted him and all and that? And put wow. a tourniquet around him and got him out. Like, oh, shit. Because he mentions her in the interview, like, by the time he did the interview, she was graduating high school. She, was, she must have been a middle school girl that found this guy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I mean, and friends to help him out. But I guess at the end of the day, this story may not sway everyone to hop onto the cannibalism bus. No, no. But I think there's one group of folks out there that could really learn a lesson from today's tale. And that's people with food allergies. <laughs> you think it's tough finding that little GF on a menu? Mm-hmm. Try being a cannibal in Idaho. <laughs> You wasn't whiny about that's your first world issue. Oh no, wow. So when you when you put the whole cannibalism in that light, in that he chose to eat himself and offer himself to people, like I can kind of see them I guess want I could see him wanting to do that and have that experience and if that's what worked for him, whatever, I guess. But it's the eating of other people that's kind of weird that that's not just weird it's fucking there's something about it the whole yes like, it's super cannibalism. fucking weird <clears throat> it's such an intimate thing mm-hmm. like well it's it, it's it falls right in the category of like uh like say if you had to kill someone in defense yes like you you did that like you had to kill someone in defense you have to live with that where if you go kill a game animal or something for food or you know whatever you're doing like for you know, if you're fur hunting, whatever. But still, like you're doing that for a purpose. But if you had to kill a person, I think that falls in this whole thing. Same thing. Like I have no problem eating animals, but like eating a person, yeah, it's doable. But man, it's just fucking. It's, it's at that weird. It's it's it's. I don't definitely know. I don't has know. to be. And this is I can't come up with a better situation where like it was here. I got a I got a tagline for aspiring cannibals who want to eat themselves if you're trying to like bring okay. awareness to it yeah you ready my uh-huh. body my choice hey hey oh fuck yeah uh, oh that actually makes me think of i gotta look at this real quick you talk about something what the for... fuck am i supposed to talk about for oh. well you're going to look for cds behind the blanket Shut that up. keeps our shit up they can hear you back there um oh and anybody as i'm waiting for Corey. Anybody who's listening that's interested in exactly how they cook this, um, I don't know. Corey, can we put like a link up on something to the recipe? Yeah. He said yes. Maybe. So we'll, we'll try and put a link up uh, to the recipe for uh, what they use for the foot. Um, oh, yeah, cannibal corpse. Yeah, eaten back to life. Corey just handed me the cannibal <laughs> corpse, eaten back to life album, and it is 
a man eating himself <laughs> in a very grotesque fashion. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's as uh, that's clean. Great. <laughs> yeah, like that's not a... like they didn't. He just lay down on the fucking table like he's Samantha from stuff, Sex in the City. Stuff it as his intestine in his mouth and just circle it back through. The only thing I can close, like, the other like closest thing I can think of, like that you can do now, like, is to go eat a person. Is like those. Uh, was it the sushi bars where like they put the sushi on the naked ladies and all uh-huh. those horny Japanese men eat it off of them? <laughs> You've talked about that before. I have think. I? Yeah, I think you have. A while back, and I want to say it was the Japanese, somebody developed uh, a fake fake meat that was supposed to taste like human flesh. I've like, heard about that. Yeah. Or so. And like, but the thing is like, where is your where is your control or whatever? Like who, you'd have to then talk to a person who had eaten another person like yeah. they'd have to be there in the development of it. Yeah, I, I think you would have to go get one of those. Like, uh, there's people in those island nations that are cannibals. Papua New Guinea, they maybe them, yeah, because they call humans long pig. Long pig, or I guess somebody calls them long pig, but they don't really taste like pigs. They taste more like boar, which I guess has more of a beefy taste than a, like our domesticated pigs. I was reading into it a little bit. Like, oh yeah, you know I, mean? I could see that. Yeah, like wild, yeah, wild pigs, wild boar. Yeah, they have a. Very gritty taste, I believe. I have one more suggestion. Let's Just hear thinking it. about it. You know, everybody's got such a specific diet anymore. Like, mm-hmm. that, and people, like, they really have to work at, like, oh, I have to eat this, I have to eat this. What about the cannibals? Why, like, <laughs> and your like, justification for the cannibals you, of the world. You look at my driver's license, it says organ donor. <clears throat> Why shouldn't I be able to choose who gets my organs? Why can't I give them? Why can't there be an organization that takes organ donors' organs and keeps them for cannibals, and then they can go eat them? Well, it looks like you just found your, your purpose in this world. I might get yeah. into it. Chris the cannibal, Chris's cannibal kitchen. There you go. I'm telling you right now. I'm just thinking about, it, and maybe not because I actually did eat a steak omelet while I was writing this this morning. <laughs> if you lost your foot and you offered. To cook it into a taco for me, because there's two things I like in this world, Corey. You love Mexican Mexican food, food and feet. Yep. So if I could mix those two together, <laughs> I'd eat part of your foot. Uh, you have a Mexican foot fetish. Uh, I would eat a Mexican <laughs> foot. <laughs> there's uh, your border control. Eat all their feet. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck! Oh wow. Oh, that's, that's that's the whole story. That's pretty wild. Uh, yeah, that's a uh, that's a whole different realm of yeah, where you put it. That's pretty wild. There was like there were some other cases of like consensual cannibalism yeah. that just reading about like this is fucked. Like yeah. I can hardly even read it. Yeah, it was really gross. A lot but, of this was uh, luckily the like I said the book I read was mostly about the humanitarian yep. effort, but just the little bit they got into about the stories of the cannibalism was ugh. I mean, even the shit that they, the only, the, the stuff they had to eat initially, they, like, the not, like, the crappy food that was laying about, like, they would live on watered down fucking chive soup for. Or fucking leather. Like, look at the diamond. They would party. eat leather, yeah. I've said it before. I'm going to say it one more time because it bears repeating because it's one of my favorite books in the history of ever That's reading That's what a kicked book. the show off. What? You and me oh, talking. Oh, yeah. Talking about. Talking about the Donner Party. Uh, yeah. So anybody, anybody who wants a. Or a more compassionate take on cannibalism than listening to me fucking joke about it like a moron. 
Like read uh, the indifferent stars above. That's it. Yeah, it's one of the best, one of my favorite books I've ever read, and it's like it really it gets into great detail about what happens to the human body as they starve. And like, yeah, can, can you imagine eating a shoe? Yeah, eating a leather shoe just to get something in your belly. You imagine that where your brain would ha- have to be to just like at not that con- point not in just time, consider it, yeah. but do it. Yeah, that's fucked. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, the. Uh, I, I forgot to throw it in. Well, not forgot, but I didn't want to work it. But, like, the uh, the amount of people who killed their family because they didn't want them to starve to death during this, like, that was a huge amount as well. Yeah, because, well, yeah. Killing their they, kids and, like. You're sparing them, <clears throat> yeah. but then you're also providing yourself a meal. Yeah. Which is super fucked up to yeah. say, but it's. It I mean, is, it's, yeah, yeah. That happened. It yeah. was fucking nuts, so. Hopefully everybody's listening to this over dinner. Yeah, I hope you're, <laughs> hope you're eating a meal, you know. <laughs> <laughs> really enjoying your at like oh these fucking gross weirdos. Thing is, I had steak this morning mm-hmm. and I had steak Friday night and we're going to my parents to have steak tonight. Wow, you're you're gonna get staked right out. You're on a steak out. Jim's uh, uh, steak out. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. So yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. That was uh some pretty fucking wacky stories. Um as usual, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, check out our Instagram at TS Podcast Official. And if you want to support our Anchor FM link or buy a shirt at Studio 4 East, we would appreciate it. But the only thing I genuinely ask of everyone is to just share the show. That's one of the big ones. Uh, share it with friends, tag us, whatever. We would appreciate it. Uh, and on that note, uh, I think that ends out the show. Do you have anything more you want to talk about? There? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I see you have a bunch of highlighted notes. Well, yeah. You I highlight just, your note. You highlight No, every- I couldn't say the other day was the whole reason I got on that whole book about pirates banging each other in the butts was because <laughs> I was trying to find a story about pirate cannibalism. Mm-hmm. And I got into this whole thing on reading about Boone Island, mm-hmm. which is a super crazy story. We'll probably get into it sometime. Okay. But that's the hole that led me to that hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole hole. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're saving that for your soft serve. Yes, right? I'm yeah. not. All right. Yeah, yeah don't even it. say it. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. You'll have to listen to the soft serve if you want to hear his. What the best you, thing you've ever yeah. fucking heard in your life. If you want me to make your goddamn weekend, oh man, do I get a treat listen, for all yeah, of you? Yeah, listen to the next soft serve, which ideally should be out next week. Uh, but we'll see. Because we had kind of an off month, but Three anyway, episodes in a row. Yeah, yeah, you're getting, you're getting force fed some tough shit. <laughs> so, no, right. I think I'm good. Now that's it. All right, thank you guys uh, again. Share the show. Uh, thank you all for listening, and we will see you guys on the next one. Bye, everybody. Corey said, "Go say wave goodbye." Welcome, <laughs> wave goodbye. I'm like, I gotta shut this off. Bye, bye for now. Bye.